0: Island Church in Galveston, Texas welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. In your Bibles tonight, you can turn. Turn, if you will, to the Hebrews chapter 10. We'll start out there tonight. See how far we'll go. Now, the theme or the how can we say it, the theme or the way we've been kind of studying these things is kind of, I guess it's purposely been, we are not conforming to this world. We're being transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we can prove what is the Good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. It says that in the King James. Actually, I like what one translation says. It says you can prove the will of God that is just perfect for you. Amen? Now, you've got to understand, God has a specific will for your life. Now, the past three weeks, we've studied about the imagination of the mind and how the mind can really get messed up. And I tell you, that's why, you know, you can't afford to have a lazy mind, nor can you afford to have a saturated mind unless the only thing it's being saturated with is the Word of God. That's really the only thing that you need to saturate. You know, if you say, well, Pastor, you know, I really need to figure out all the political and social things. No, you don't. You need to saturate yourself with the Word of God. Because whatever you saturate yourself with, that's what you're going to be. That's what you're going to be. That, that's what you're going to be. Your mind will lead to what you say. What you say will lead to what you do. What you do re- will lead to who you are and what you have. A lot of people don't realize that you're made in the likeness and image of God and, and everything that you are, everything that you have, everything that you be. You can blame what you don't have. You can blame what you can't do on everything in the world. But in reality, we are the sum total of what we have believed in our heart and said with our mouth. And that has nothing to do with Christianity. That is a law of humanity. That is a law of humanity. So if you want to change some things in your life, you're going to have to change the way you think and you're going to have to change the way you speak because you can never empower your flesh to do anything beyond the level of what you think and say. I mean, if you go around saying, I can, I can, I won't, I won't, you go around thinking that, thinking that, saying that, saying that, you can never force yourself to do it. And there's a lot of people, I call it negative faith, that they just live in negative faith. They're so full of unbelief. Listen, unbelief is so powerful, it shut down Jesus in his own hometown. My goodness, this was was the guy that had the full measure of the Holy Ghost upon him. Signs, wonders, and miracles everywhere he went. And anybody that responded to him with any semblance of faith got a miracle just like that. This is amazing. It's amazing. Even that man there in John chapter 5, laying by the miracle pool, waiting for a stirring of the water. He couldn't get a miracle from that which God was doing. He was doing something sovereign in the midst of that pool. So Jesus walked along, and what did he do? Just what the Word of God does. It corrects us. He said, will you be made whole?" He said, you're putting it over on the water, but actually it's on you. And what did he do? Same thing we all do. Begin to blame. Well, I have no man when the water's troubled to put me into the pool but while the water's being troubled, someone else always steps down in front of me. You know, I would have thought Jesus would have taken three chapters to correct that. You know what he did? He used one sentence. Rise, take up your bed, and walk. Period. That's all you need. That's all you need. See, so many times, our mind thinks we need so much more than what we really need because what we really need is the Word of God which is compacted, powerful. The Bible says all Scripture is what? Breathed by God. That's, that's, that's God's breath. That's God's power. That's God's anointing. He draws His own power from His Word. And the Bible says it's what? It's profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction and in righteousness so each and every one of us may be mature and perfectly furnished. Amen. So you got to kind of see your life, kind of like an old, we and I, when we walk the dogs in the morning, there's a house down at the very end of the road that we live on, I guess probably hadn't been occupied since Ike, and it's a mess, and you can see the furniture was left in there, the windows were blown out by the storm, and you know, it's just, it's just a mess, nobody's messed with it since 2008, and so we walk by it and you look at it, but you know, that's how a lot of people's lives look when they get born again. So God does, listen, God's not into a remodel. He's not a, he doesn't remodel you. He scrapes you off and puts something brand new in its place. That's what the new birth did for you. And now you've got, you've got something that needs to be what? Furnished. So if you were given a brand new home, and that home down there at the end of the road we live on was your home, you thought, well, now we got a brand-new home, but there's no furniture in it. Let's go get that furniture that's been sitting out there since 2008. So you go get that old nasty couch, and you go get that old ugly table, you get all that stuff, and you bring it into your brand-new house. Amen? And then the person that gave you the brand-new house, he wants to come live in there with you. You think he's going to live on that furniture? Well, see, that's what God wants to do. He wants to come live in the brand-new house he gave you. But he's not going to live on your furniture. (laughs) And what's unique about furniture is if you use it long enough, it becomes more and more comfortable. It fits your flesh. You know, one of those easy chairs that you've sat on for 46 years. And, you know, it's got the imprint of your backside on it, just perfect. And you've raised six kids and 26 grandkids and 14 dogs and, you know, 24 parrots and everything else. And, and it's just a stinking mess. It's just horrible. But it, uh, don't throw that out. That, that's my chair. It fits me. That's what we do with attitudes. That's what we do with mindsets. And God says this, I'm not in the moving business, but you are. And if you will move this junk out of your house... I've got moving vans of my stuff that I'll let you move in. Amen. So we're not being conformed to this world. We're being transformed by what? The renewing of our mind so that we will. We, we, I like what, what what our old pastor years ago, Brother John Ostin, used to teach. We are thinking the thoughts of God. What does God think and how does God think? it? That's what we're doing. We're thinking the thoughts of God. Now, in, in, in Hebrews chapter 10, I got, I'm going to hit one scripture that I'm going to refer to it again. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 35 I like this scripture. I've preached on it a lot over the years. It says, cast not away therefore your confidence which hath great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience that after, everybody say after, that after you've done the will of God you might receive the promise. Now Let me read that. I like it in the Amplified. Let me find it here. Verse 35. Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God, thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. Now I think that a lot of Christians, especially my age of my generation, so I'm 65, so people 65 down into their 50s, maybe up into their 70s, they watched way too much I Dream of genie and Bewitched. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes. And so they kind of think, wow. You know, they think of, of who was uh, uh, Barbara Eden and the other one, Elizabeth Montgomery. Amen. They think, well, you know, if, if a witch or a genie can do that, well, then God should be able to do that. So I'm just going to rub my magic lamp here. See, that's what people do many times when they pr- pray one prayer of panic. Oh, Lord, I need, your, I need a miracle. And God says, well, what are you going to do about it? See, we're always trying to think, what, what's, what's God going to do? What's God going to do? When you study redemptive reality, here's exactly what He's going to do. Does anybody know? Nothing. He's not going to do anything. The Bible says He's already given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness that through the precious promises of God we might be what? Partakers. Partakers. What is a partaker? If you take me to Popeye's chicken and get me the two piece white meat spicy with red beans and rice and a large red soda water. We about through here. amen what I'm gonna do I'm not gonna sit there and say oh wow look how fine that chicken has been fried look how red the the the, the big red is look at look at those red I'm gonna partake I'm gonna sit down I'm gonna eat. what's this, what is what's it saying in, in Psalms 23 he prepares a table before us in the midst of our inn. well you're gonna have to sit down at that table and eat and eat, and eat, and eat, and eat, till the Word of God produces the health of God in your mind, in your flesh, in your finances, and in everything that you do. And the problem with people is they're not patient enough to let patience have its work. Because there is a work that patience does on the inside of you that assures you that time cannot steal the blessing of God from your life. Now you think about that for a moment. Because a lot of times when we hadn't received in a month or a week or two years or five years or ten years, we think, well, time has said, you know, I I can't have it. It's it's, it's too late. It's it's gone on for too long. It doesn't make any difference to God whatsoever. I love these testimonies of people that have been healed after suffering from some disease for for years. I know one friend of ours, a pastor uh, down in South Texas who had diabetes for years and got healed. Got healed of it late in his life. He just refused to have it anymore and got, got wisdom from the Word of God and literally was healed late in his life after having that for almost 30 years. There was other people that I've heard about you know, that, that just kept standing, standing in faith, believing God. There was an acquaintance of ours, Dr. Lester Summerall, at age 75, 75. There's hope for all of us, amen. 75, God gave him the greatest assignment of his ministry. He was praying and he had two of probably the most progressive Pentecostal pastors in the world at the time with large mega churches. This is back in the, the late 80s, I believe it was. Large megachurches with him in Jerusalem praying, and God didn't speak to any one of either one of those two young men, spoke to Dr. Sumrall, 75 years old, and said to him, There are children, my children on the earth that go to bed every night. And they pray, give us this day our daily bread. And they go to, re- go to bed hungry. And God spoke to Dr. Summerall and said, that's not acceptable to me. You feed them. That's, that's what he did. He went. He didn't go, oh, glory to God. Thank you. He didn't do it. And he'd been serving God since he was 17 years old. He's 75. He Oh, thank you, Lord. I receive it. You know what he said? He said, why don't you give it to one of these young preachers? You know what God said to him? He said, it took me 75 years to get you to the place where you would hear what I told you. And the, we could get up and tell the story about what God did in that end time Joseph program, which was phenomenal. They told him you could never have, what was it, the C-147 aircraft? You, well, you can, you can, you'll never own one. It's against the law. The government will never say. Well, he went to another government and ended up with two of them. And ships and everything else all over the world and fed hun- I guess this, I guess let see is still going on, still feeding hungry Christians all over the world because he made a decision. I'm not too old to hear from God, and I'm not too old to, to have the faith that I need to fulfill the destiny destiny of my life. Thank God for a little patience. Amen. So you have need of patience that after you've done what? You've done the will of God. Now, as you study the book of you, you ought to be a student. If I was to give you an assignment as a Bible school teacher of books in the Bible which I would consider the most important for you to study and give you four books, I would tell you these four books. You need to study Proverbs, you need to study James, you need to study Ephesians, and you need to study Hebrews. Those four books can help solidify you into the reality of what your responsibility is as a Christian to hear from God And then to operate as God would on the planet. In His wisdom, in His authority, in His anointing. Because God, through redemption, has transferred all of that to us. It's ours for the use. We have the authority, we have the anointing. But see, what we do many times is we pray a prayer and our faith is about as long or lasts about as long as the rub of the lamp. Well, the genie didn't come out and and wiggle its nose and nothing happened. When in reality, the first time you prayed, something happened. You've got to understand that what the Word of God, this is, oh, I don't want to get off on it, Lord. Help me not to do it. What the Word of God is designed to do is to empower you not to live in this realm while you live in this realm. (laughs) Not that you're so heavenly minded you're of no earthly good. No, it's that you're so heavenly minded you are of earthly good to everyone around you. You are blessed and you are a blessing. You run into sick people, you pray for them to be healed. You run into people that don't know Jesus, you tell them about Jesus and get them saved. You are the extension of God's will in the earth. You are His heritage. Think about that. You are His heritage. And you're the one that he wants to use to enforce his law of the spirit of life in Christ over the laws of sin and death. The laws of sin and death are are amazingly profound, profoundly operating all over the world right now. Hate and prejudice and, and poverty and sickness and disease and fear, oh my goodness, and panic. I mean, it's incredible. These are the perilous times that Paul talked to Timothy about. These are those perilous times. So we have to be willing to totally submerse ourselves in a relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ in which that becomes the preeminent reason for breathing and living. Yeah. Not our job, not our business, not our husband, not our wife, not our children. See, people don't like that because then it starts getting personal. But you got to understand what good are you going to be to your job, to your business, to your wife, to your husband, or to your children, or to anybody else if you're not totally immersed in the things of God? Amen? Because you've got to understand it's all, it's all going to be dependent upon that as the days do what? As the days grow. Darker and darker as that day approaches. Now, oh my goodness. Go, go, now we're here in t- Hebrews chapter 10. Go back up to verse... Mm, how can I do this? Do it quick. I don't want to do it too quick. Um, verse 24, Hebrews chapter 10. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. Everybody say good works. Now, I, this is, this is uh, for, for a Wednesday night crowd. I, I really don't want to go this direction, but this is the way the Lord showed it to me not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, now notice, as ye see the day approaching. Does anybody see the day approaching? Now this is an instruction from God to preserve us and bless us while we're on the earth. Now, I don't want to, maybe I'll pick it up next week. We'll go over to First John. We'll look at fellowship and what it means for us to gather together as a church. That's why I like, you know, the, those Sundays when we have, you know, a, a, a communion at night. We've got three, service, two Sunday morning services. We've got a Sunday night service. We receive communion. We have fellowship in the back. Our fellowship and our desire to fellowship one with another our fellowship and our desire to fellowship one with another is directly reflective of our fellowship with God. Now, see, people don't want to hear that. Ah, I, can't, I love God. I don't, I don't need to go down that church proving about I love God. <laughs> oh, really? So God's made you an exception. God has singled you out and say you don't have to serve God according to his word. Did you know the Bible says that when we fellowship one another with one another the blood of Jesus activates that he is here with us that the gifts of the Spirit, the power of the Holy Ghost, the ability of the Word of God, it's all really... That's why God wants us. He says, man, the day's getting evil. If I don't shorten these days, even the very elect can be deceived. I've got to keep my people healthy. I've got to keep them wealthy. I've got to keep them delivered. I've got to keep them moving forward. They need to come together, and they need to do it more and more and more and more and more and more, even as the days grow evil. Even as that day approaches. What's the day he's talking about? He's talking about the day in which this whole dispensation comes to an end. And God, the Bible says God folds it up and puts it up like a blanket on the shelf. Did you know when that happens, this whole world, this whole universe reverts back to the old covenant? Did you know that? Go study your Bible. It reverts back to the old covenant and God spends seven years dealing with the nation of Israel. That's exactly what happens. And then their Messiah comes, who is our Messiah, and they'll look on the one that they pierced. Amen? I mean, these are are incredible times. You think of all the generations and all the men and women women that have lived upon the earth, and in this tiny slice of time between the creation of the nation of Israel and 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 the taking back of Jerusalem from the heathen world, and that tiny slice of time when Jesus said, that generation will not Pass away till all these things are fulfilled. We are living in the very end of that right now. That's why we're, you know, the title of this series is what? Does anybody remember? Wake up. Wake up. There is a new mindset of what we should do and how we should do it that we need to adopt in our lives. We need to break the routine of church that we're in. And we need to realize and recognize that everything we do, we need to do it by putting God first. Amen. We've got a conference coming up in October, but I'm not going to wait till then. this summer. I'm, I'm already praying about it. I want to do an in-house revival. We've got enough good ministry in this church to, to have an in-house revival. I mean just just start on a Sunday morning. Go Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. And if we really get a kick, if God really kicks into that, then we'll go Thursday night, Friday night and just keep on going. But you've got to do something, least you do nothing. Yeah. Amen. Well, who's going to preach? All kinds of people, but it's going to be our in-house crowd. We'll have people getting up giving a short exhortation. We'll have people getting up and preaching a message. We might have people get up and sing. We might have somebody get up and, and share a psalm or a dream or whatever, they something that God has shown. We're, we're going to do whatever it takes to do what? To stir this crowd that we have, because if we can wake up this crowd and stir it into any semblance of revival, we'll see a harvest begin to come in. Amen. Events we're going to do this summer, we're going to gear towards soul winning. Just to tell people Jesus loves you. Amen. Amen. We have to get out of the mindset of running from COVID. That's what the whole world's doing because that's how they presented it. Letting it control everything about our lives, everything about what's going on in the world. You say, well, Pastor, we need to follow the science. I'm not following the science. I'm going to follow the Holy Ghost. People don't like that. I'm going to follow the science. I listened to something today. I thought it was pretty good. I don't know who it was. I kind of got in on the last 15 minutes of of the broadcast. But they had done an experiment with two steel balls in which they were able to launched those steel balls in such a way that one ball was stationary, like kind of like a knuckleball, like, you know, a pitcher, I throw a knuckleball, and it won't hardly move. It'll just... And then the other ball was spun quickly. Now, the ball... as though These are two, like, big steel ball bearings. So they launched these two balls, and, and off they go. And so they did it, like, I don't know, several thousand times, and they studied it with all the computers and all the things they've got, and they determined... That the ball that was stationary did did not create any energy for itself. All it took was what launched it and it maximized the power of what launched it but when what launched it wore out it dropped to the ground. Boom. But the one that they spun created its own energy. And it went further maintained its altitude longer than the one that was just launched and didn't spin. Now, what was amazing about this is this goes totally opposite of everything Newton's law says and everything about the theory of relativity that Einstein talked about. It broke their laws. But it's a secret that they've not shared with the public. It's gotten out through, what was it, the... The, the Information Something Information Act in which you can get... This was an experiment that was done back in the 50s that they put on the shelf and said, we're not going to allow the public to know anything about this because the technology of this could change the entire energy structure of the world for the better. They found this out in the 50s. Amen? Amen? So that proves that there are things that even in man's wisdom and knowledge that they have, that everything else that seems to be so settled that this is the way it is, that that may not be the way it is. That may not be the way it is. And things that they say, you know, the theory of relativity and, and, and Isaac Newton's laws and all this kind of stuff. Listen, let me tell you something, church. There's a scripture in the Bible that says the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. And listen, when you you got launched into this world through your first birth, you're just a knuckleball. (laughs) That's all you were was a knuckleball, amen? (laughs) You were just a knuckleball looking for a place to thud. But when you got born again, God put a spin on you. I said, God put a spin on you. And you got to quit acting like you're a knuckleball. Because it's not just the power that launched you, you're generating a power right now. Every time you pray in the Holy Ghost, every time you read the Bible, every time you come to church and forsake not the assembling of yourself together, you're getting rid of that knuckleball mentality and you're starting to create that dynamo in your life in which the Spirit of God, the anointing of God, the Word of God, the power of the Holy Ghost is working in you, for you, and through you to help other people. That's how God wants us to live in the last days. And the devil's tried to keep it a secret for a long time. But I got good news. We're going to wake up to that which God has seen in these last days. Amen? Amen. Praise God. You love the Lord? Give the Lord a shout. Come on, give him a mighty shout. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet. Father, we bless your name tonight. Thank you so much for the ability of your word working in our hearts In our minds and in our lives to produce your plan and your purpose here on the earth today. Lord, as we leave today, as is the tradition of Island Church, we stand firm upon the scriptures for our protection and safety, declaring no evil befalls us, no plague comes nor our dwelling place. The angels of God have charge over us. Therefore, Father, in our travels, airways, highways, seaways, railways, any other way of travel or transportation, we declare the devil is defeated jesus is lord and we are the protected of god father in the righteous labor of our hands as we handle the business the job the resource you've given us father the idea the concept the, the, the insight you've given us our, our our investments everything that we're doing father and that you're blessing us with we thank you lord we're not subject to trauma to terror to evil plans of the devil himself or wicked men. And, Father, we push back against the pandemics, the epidemics, anything being planned by the evil God of this world. We say no to it, and we thank you, Father, that we're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might to walk in divine health and walk in divine wealth in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you that we also have burning on the inside of us a spirit of evangelism, each and every one of us. Let us discover it. Let us yield to it. Let it grow. Let the fire. Lord, you said you would not even quench a smoking flax. Breathe upon this church. Breathe the fire of God into our hearts so that we might be a blessing to people, problem to the devil, and a miracle in people's lives. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you so much for what you've done, for what you're doing, what you're going to do. We glorify your name tonight. We thank you. That each and every one of us, Father, will have a special appreciation that you've allowed us to be alive for such a time as this in the earth. Father, we walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We walk as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the Word, and anointed by the Holy Spirit. God Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.